and welcome to this week's serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from parks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead. My name is not Kate. No. I am, in fact, the lovely breath, and I'm back again, because Kate is, unfortunately, a little bit unwell this week. She is. So, hopefully, by the time this goes out, she's feeling better, but at the minute, she is, unfortunately, quite unwell. And we wish her all the best. We do. We do have another person with us, though. Oh, we do. He's over there. Hello. (laughs) Hi. My name's Nathan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. We finally have the whole intercontinental breakfast, not just half of it. Mm. We do. We have the lovely breath and the illustrious Mr. Nathan Charlesworth of the intercontinental breakfast. I was wondering how long it would be before you would add the word illustrious. It's part of my name now. Oh, yeah. I've adopted it as part of my actual name. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Mm. Ever since we paid that American guy to do our intro, (laughs) that became your legal name. (laughs) Entirely fair. So, yeah, we kind of figured we are going to Disneyland Paris in two weeks, as of when we're recording. Yes. Two bloody weeks. I'm very excited. It's getting awfully close. It is, as are we right now. Yes. We should clarify, (laughs) just for people wondering, there's a very slightly awkward audio setup at the minute, because we're using the equipment from the Intercontinental Breakfast, but unfortunately, because we are, that means we only have access to two microphones, and for the Keen Mats fans out there, there are three of us. (laughs) So what that effectively means is that myself and Sinead are sharing a microphone. So I am facing away from Nathan and trying to kind of talk around whilst pitching my voice towards the microphone, which isn't really working, but we're going to give it a go. She cozy. It's it's very cozy. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. I kind of feel like I'm intruding on a on a date. I'm kind of third wheel in this, this whole thing. That's how I feel with the two of you all the time. Well, you are, so. <laughs> <laughs> but as mentioned previously when Breffney's been on, if you want to go check out Breffney and Nathan and hear more of their illustrious voices, you can check them out on the Intercontinental Breakfast. It is also another ICB Studios podcast. It is indeed. Our sister podcast, as we like to call it. Mm. It is the second finest show available on the ICB <laughs> Studios network. Oh, stop. How's your week been? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good so far. Um, some news in the background that I won't be able to talk about on any show quite yet. Yes. Uh, for reasonably obvious reasons, but we will hopefully get to that. But things are looking pretty good. Very nice. What about you, Nathan? Um, my week's been grand. I have literally zero complaints so far. I mean, you're babysitting a dog for two weeks. I am. So I do have that to look forward to. The That's, dog called? Uh, Freckles. Oh my God. Yeah, she's adorable. What kind of dog is that? Um, I think a Cocker Spaniel. Oh. Yeah. Does she have freckles? Is that why she's called freckles? Yes, she does. Yeah. Cute. Um, I, I think I was told by Kiva that she has some sort of um, aversion to grass. The dog doesn't like to walk on grass. Okay. But because it's a dog, it needs to go to the bathroom. Yes. Generally on grass. So yes. she does this weird thing where she tries to tiptoe on the grass, but it doesn't work because she's a dog. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to bringing this dog for a walk, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I will update you <laughs> on what it looks like. I'm very excited. <laughs> very excited for it. But yeah. Um, we figured that since we're going to Disney very soon, mm. um, Nathan has never been to a Disney park. I have not. No. Shockingly enough. Yeah, I know. So we thought we'd kind of do a bit of, bit of a before and after. Yeah. So this is a before. Is it? Oh. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> but before we get on to that, we should probably get on with the news. So first things up on the news, the Disneyland Paris Railroad and the, shall I say, the never opening Disneyland Railroad has been pushed back again. So it was originally supposed to open in August and then it got pushed to, I think, November. And then it was the 1st of December and now it's the 14th of December. And what is the reason for these delays? It's Disneyland Paris. That makes sense. So what exactly are they doing with the railroad? I honestly have no idea. I figured it, I know initially it had to close for a little bit because they were building the new theater that's over in Frontierland. 
Thailand where the Lion King stuff was happening. Right. So they had to kind of, they had to close it then because of all the building works that were going on. But that, I mean, that season finishes at the weekend. So it's, it's been and gone and it's still not opened. So I think whatever was happening within Phantom Manor that caused it to be closed for 7,000 years, it felt like. Um, I think the same thing is happening to the railroad, which is very sad. It is a bit sad, but it does mean at least that it is, at least there's a date in sight, even if they're potentially going to push it back again, probably. Yeah, it's a little annoying. Do you want to explain to Nathan what the railroad is like? Even though we won't get to see it, but you'll go back. I have have faith. (laughs) Yes. So the railroad is this very charming little choo-choo train. Right. Which goes all around the rim of the park so to speak and it takes a lot less time than you expect it to it's terrifically charming you get to see literally everything if i remember correctly we saw tiana yeah we saw tiana and naveen they were down by casey jr and we very promptly got off the train and i was like oh i think we need to go back to Fantasyland." <laughs> And by the time we got there, they were not there anymore. Okay, so I just a noob question here, because obviously this is this show is all about me now. Of course. <laughs> I have occasionally seen glimpses of videos from Disney World. Okay. I think. And there's a train there as well. Yeah. And that seems like it kind of does a, a loop around the entire park. So it's essentially the same kind of thing. Yeah, all of the main Disney parks have trains in them because Walt Disney was an absolute train fanatic. Right. In his own, like, backyard, he built a railroad track that adults could ride on. Okay. Because he was such a train fiend. So every Disney park does have a train. Okay. And everyone has a train station. I'm kind of sad it's closed, mainly because... The train station has a really nice view of Main Street. Okay. Um, and it's kind of a good way. I was hoping it would be open because for people that haven't been to the park before, it's a good way to kind of show you the layout of yeah. the full park. You get to see all of the individual lands as you go around. But yeah, ED92 have said don't be hopeful for December 14th, which is not too promising because usually they're kind of in the know with what's going on. You would imagine they would have some idea about their own scheduling, but here we are. ED92 is not uh, affiliated with Disney. I know, but still, you imagine they're there that often. They're like the yeah, wallpaper this at this point. I mean, mo- more often than not, they know actually what's going on more so than Disneyland Paris does. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. So hopefully it'll be open soon, but for now it is unfortunately closed. So what's up next in the news? Next up, Walt's American Restaurant, I think is what it's called, will be closing, I think it closed this week. I think it closed as we're recording today which is the 16th of september Um, and it's going to remain closed for all of october and all of november and we have no reopening date for it from what i have heard online allegedly allegedly there are it i'll preemphase what i'm about to say with this is not a character meal but there are some rodents involved and sadly one of them is not named remy no the thing i don't understand with this if that is the reason why it's closing that's upstairs they have some very intrepid and athletic rats in Disneyland Paris, apparently, allegedly. Supposedly. Presumptuously. Ooh, nicely done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's also kind of frustrating because Walt's only opened earlier in the year from like a massive refurb and had a brand new menu and it looked lovely and we were planning to go in March. We were. And now, who know, even knows if it'll be open in March? I mean, I would sincerely hope so, but it's not hugely encouraging that it's closed already after such refurbishment because it does kind of smack a little bit of, uh, lads, when you did the whole refurb, uh, did you do a good 
job with it because you would think that at the very least there would be some control over something like this and that all kind of avenues which would be open to this would largely be kind of explored and everything would be largely fine but for whatever reason this has resurfaced terribly quickly yeah it's not it's not massively promising again allegedly from what i've heard seemingly auberge de cedrillon has the same issue now i haven't seen anything about that actually closing or anything like that but yeah hopefully it'll get um resolved soon and little friends won't be um running around the kitchen shall we say in fairness it could just be a sort of a meta reenactment of ratatouille because that food looked great in there absolutely but moving on from that into potentially a more disappointing thing to hear an extended trailer for maleficent mistress of evil is going to be shown in the studio theater from september 28th guess where i'm not going and I could not give less of a shit. We all know my feelings on Maleficent. We won't dwell on that any longer. I've subjected y'all to enough rants about that. I think that's fair. Um, I've thought about my excitement levels on this. On a previous podcast that I did many moons ago called The Film Show, we had a trailer ranking system called Megabarries. And you used to rate your anticipation for various different trailers in Megabarries instead of stars. Um, and occasionally you would come across one that was so bad and that you cared so little about that it would that it would delve into Negabarries. Oh, yes. is this Negabarries territory? Oh, this is Negabarries. Barry's territory, I'm afraid. Good. I do not care in any way for Maleficent Mistress of Evil. So I'm going to guess that I won't be going anywhere near the studio theater from September 28th. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Have you seen the trailer? No. Okay. Did you see the first Maleficent? Yeah. What did you think of it? I don't really remember, but I don't remember distinctly hating it. Was the thing. It, it wasn't impressive, but I think I just watched it as just crap to fill my brain. I don't think, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm nowhere near as big of a, obviously, a Disney buff as you would be, for example. But I would like to think I've seen my fair share of Disney releases. Yes. This one doesn't stand out to me as one that I would go immediately, this is Disney, you know? Yeah. So maybe my overall feelings are negative, but I don't quite remember. I mean, I think that kind of says it all, really. Yeah. You know what? We should all just watch it. No. No, I think we should. No. I've pitched this idea before and got a similar <laughs> response. <laughs> If you want to just hear me aggressively rant for whatever length that movie is, then sure. But I'd rather not subject myself to it. Okay. I hate that movie. But anyways, just a couple of things to, I suppose, circle back to because we spoke about them last week. There is more Halloween merch and there's more decorations. And I'm so excited. Uh, Sinead has been keeping everyone very much up to date with the state of the decorations in Paris. See, I'm, I'm trying to find... So we have like a group WhatsApp that has everybody that's going on the trip in it. And then there's a, me and Kate have a separate WhatsApp for the podcast. So I send her everything. I try not to send you guys too much because I don't know how much you guys want to know before we go or how much you... I mean, you've seen it all, so it doesn't matter. But um, I don't want to like show you everything and then you not have that like surprise moment when yeah. you walk in. The merch that we've seen so far isn't my favourite. A lot of it is similar to what was there last year. There's a lot of Maleficent stuff so I mean we've already spoken about that. There's a new mug and there's those couple new plush that match the pin and then I think the only thing that I'm kind of like it's a bigger item than I might potentially buy is they have like a Halloween countdown thing that has Mickey and Minnie and a generic haunted house which vaguely looks like Phantom Man but I actually don't think it's supposed to be Phantom Manor. Um, however, seemingly they were in stock this morning and were already sold out this afternoon. So... That did not take long. Yeah. I'm hoping they'll be back in stock when we go. And I'm hoping that this isn't all of the Halloween merchandise. I would really like a Disneyland Paris Halloween spirit jersey, like the one that Land and World got. And I really want that pumpkin lounge fly bag, but my faith is dwindling. The lounge fly bag is particularly nice, I will grant you. And I know that you do want it quite badly. Why do I feel like there's a but? Well, I do value my relationship, so I'm questioning myself whether or not there is. Nope, that was an entirely enclosed <laughs> statement. <laughs> 
No, what were you going to say? It's a very nice bag, but it's not necessarily one that I would have expected to have been sold out that quickly. But we haven't got it at all yet. It's not sold out. Is it not sold out? They just don't have it. Oh, it just hasn't arrived yet? Yeah. Okay. Well, judging by how well the rest of the Halloween stuff is selling out, I would imagine it's going to walk out the door back. If we get it. That's the only thing. I'm hoping we do because it's just a generic Disney Parks lounge fly bag. And as we will get on to in a bit, the Arendelle Aqua one made its way to DLP. So I would hope, 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 hope that it eventually makes its way there. It's probably going to be about 80 euro or 85 euro. Probably still going to buy. Yeah, for a tiny little backpack. You know that little villain's backpack that I have? Yeah. It's like that. Just looks like a pumpkin. Did you pay the same price for that bag? No, because... Because I have a friend in Forbidden Planet. And like, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a little discount. Uh, a little discount there. <laughs> okay, well that's entirely fair then. So yeah, because even Shop Disney in the States have the backpack. So I'm just like, even if it went into went onto the Shop Disney UK website, that would be fine. But I'll just pine from across. The- but anyways, that's enough about Halloween. Um, another thing that I just wanted to touch on very briefly, Disneyland Paris last Friday, Friday 13th, had a 100 character annual pass event, which seemed to be an unmerciful disaster. What happened? Kind of the stereotypical thing of Disneyland Paris where it's horrifically organized. I'm actually, so I think there was a bunch of issues with people being let in at different times and there being like a stampede basically and a lot of people feeling very unsafe they had different groups of characters set up in different areas so they had an area where it was Hercules characters for example so for half of the time you could meet Meg and Herc together and then the other half of the time you could meet Hades with Pain of Panic if you got into that queue you didn't really have any control over which set of characters you met so you could get into that queue intending to meet Hades Pain and Panic but when you get to the front of the queue, it's Megan Herc there and there's nothing you can do about it. So for instance, the lovely Andrea, who me and Kate worked with in Disney, he was there and he got into the queue to meet Pocahontas and John Smith. And he very nearly didn't get to meet them because I think just after him, there was a character swap out and it was Ratcliffe and Miko, which he had zero interest in meeting. I mean, like he probably, he loves Pocahontas, so he probably would have been happy either way, but he wanted to meet Pocahontas. So there was a lot of that going on. And then I know there were a lot of people with green passes, which are the disability passes, um, that the disability queues were cut off super, super early. Um, like most people only got to go to one queue. And I mean, that kind of harks back to a bunch of issues that Disneyland Paris has with green passes and kind of giving out more than necessarily they need to, shall we say. Um, It is supposed to be a service for people that do really need it. But as I've kind of explained to Nathan before, there are a certain amount of people that do kind of bring their hobbly granny with them just so they can (laughs) use it as a fast pass system. As horrible as it sounds, I've seen people do it. But yeah, um, seemingly the queues for characters were up at like three, four hours. And when you've paid a stupid amount of money on top of your annual pass to go in, it's not ideal. Um, They also had a show that happened on the castle stages that people didn't really know what was going on. And then there was a parade, but nobody told people what direction the parade was going in. So people were going to the wrong place to watch the parade when the parade was actually going the other direction. It just seemed like a logistical nightmare, which unfortunately seems to be the case with a lot of these Disneyland Paris annual pass parties. Yeah, it just kind of seems all kind of thrown together and even then thrown together not particularly well. They managed to get everyone organized for, from, you know, a character perspective. It's almost like they tend to forget that they're actually inviting people to attend these things. Yeah, which is, <laughs> but yeah, 
it's it's just bizarre because like Disneyland in California has a like 80% of their footfall is annual pass holders and they can manage stuff like this really really well and they can manage super popular characters really really well Disney World do the same with their Halloween parties again yes the queues are long but nobody's like like I saw one post in a Facebook group that me and Kate are in and it was a girl who was in a wheelchair and she got pushed out of her wheelchair at one stage because there was a literal stampede of people and she didn't get to meet a single character on a 100 character night so I just I don't understand how the two parks in the states can get it so right and this is not the first time this has happened this has been happening for as long as they've been doing these annual pass holder events and every single one of them I've seen basically the same thing that is just a logistical hellhole how how much time beforehand do they give for these events like are these announced you know months in advance or are they announced days or weeks in advance or they're usually announced a couple months in advance then there's no excuses there really no absolutely not it's not as if it's a case of here dave look we're doing a we're doing a, an annual pass holder event in about 10 minutes can you rattle together a couple of characters and hope for the best <laughs> because even then you would kind of assume that you know they put up signs yeah even if they're just kind of scrawled in a4 and crayon <laughs> But it's just, these kind of things should not be happening under any circumstances. And as you say, and as you say, that's notwithstanding for how much time they actually had to prepare these things. It was literally like they only thought about, let's put these characters here and didn't think about anything else whatsoever. Yeah. So it has made me kind of nervous for the Halloween party. Um mainly because it is the first time that Oogie Boogie will be in Disneyland Paris, especially in, in so much as that he'll actually be a character that you can go and meet up with. So I'm kind of a bit apprehensive that I'm probably going to end up, if I really want to meet Oogie Boogie, spending my entire night queuing to meet Oogie Boogie and doing nothing else at the Halloween party. So I don't know. But I think it's also going to be a case where Oogie will be out for a certain amount of time and then he'll swap out with Jack and Sally. And I've met Jack don't get me wrong, I love meeting Jack, but you can meet Jack during the daytime. I've spent, how much were the tickets? Like 70 odd quid extra. I would kind of like to meet a character that you can't meet during the daytime. Yeah. So it has made me a little bit apprehensive for that, but we'll see. Fingers crossed the DLP will take the feedback from this and previous passholder events on board and hopefully have this properly sorted. Um, because I would imagine, particularly out of character events of this size, the one that's most likely to have a bit of a following, particularly online, is probably going to be the Halloween event. Yeah. So as a result, I would sincerely hope that their act is very much together for that or they bring someone over from the US parks. Yeah, you'd hope so. You'd really, really hope so. But but moving on to a more positive note, Arendelle Aqua has gone everywhere in the Disney parks and people are losing their goddamn minds. It's wall-to-wall Arendelle Aqua. You can't move for it. Honestly, though. So a lot of the Disneyland Paris insiders, inside ears, whatever they want to call them, they're like Disneyland Paris bloggers, bloggers, whatever. They get brought to a lot of press releases and stuff like that. They got brought to like a breakfast thing and there was a bunch of Arendelle Aqua food and they got given the spirit jersey and I think a couple other bits. But it's kind of hit all of the parks with an absolute thud. I've seen so many people posting videos being like, look at the Arendelle Aqua collection. Even Tim Tracker did one. Did actually, yeah. And, we watched it. And we did watch it. And if I remember, he wanted to buy literally everything in it, including the most god awful pair of Crocs I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to describe these to you, right? Hold on a minute. Hold on. You're, you're, mm. I'm actually going to try find find them online. Disney are selling Crocs. Literal Croc branded Crocs. They're not even this like... This is a collaboration I never want ones. to see. I'm, well, I'm going to find them. You're going to see it now. I, I didn't know I was going to see it. I'm, I, and frankly, I'm taken aback by this. It's... They're honestly hilarious. I'm going to screenshot them, just show you the picture of them. Okay. And then I'm going to ask you to guess how much you think they are. You ready? Gonna no. get your live reaction. <laughs> do, you want, do 
you want to see them in motion? They've got little Mickeys on them. How much do you think they are? These are Croc band- branded. Croc the branded. The actual Crocs. Yeah. Disney X Crocs. <laughs> Not as cool as Vans, is it? I see. I have no. I have no prior knowledge to how much things cost. Just in general. When, when it, again, <laughs> how much is Just a how life. much is a loaf of bread? I don't know. Um, Can't eat bread. <laughs> um, I would say they in euro. Can I go in euro dollars? Dollars. dollars. Is it? Okay. Let's say forty dollars. I think they're like fifty six. They're somewhere between fifty and sixty dollars for sparkly Crocs with little Mickey's. Could I? Okay. So have they done Crocs before? I didn't think they had, but from looking at this um, hashtag on Instagram, they seem to have, yes. Oh, there's rose gold ones. Beautiful. Absolutely not beautiful. No. Yeah, there's lovely rose gold. Oh, you can even get little things to put in them. No, no, this is ridiculous. And I know people are going to buy them and people are going to spend $56. Yeah. But like how, this is something I don't understand. How can, how can you look at those and go, yes, that is $56 worth of my hard earned money that I'm going to spend on these and probably never wear. I presume these people aren't actually wearing them. I mean, I would imagine if you're someone that w- is willing to pay 56, I think it's around 56. We'll go with 56, $56 and however much tax on sparkly Crocs at Disney. You're probably going to wear them. I don't think that's a whim purchase. No, you're probably right. It, look, it's, it's no, they're not $56 plus tax worth of shoe. You win. Someone out there is going to be wearing their sparkly Crocs and they're going to be loving, living their rest life. But I, last week, was very negative, shall we say, about the Arendelle Aqua collection. But I won't lie, I'm actually kind of digging it now. Now, you see, I have a minor problem with the Arendelle Aqua collection. Why? It's too light. It is very light. I would dirty it within a second. Yeah, that's part of that's part of the issue. But it's also that the colour, if it was just a bit brighter, would kind of make all the difference. Yeah, I think the reason, like, they're kind of going for that, like, icy blue Elsa color. Yeah, but even then, I still think it's a bit too light for that. Okay. I still think it's a little bit too muted. It's a bit too, oh, look at this lovely color. I've painted my bathroom. I mean, I totally get that. It is like a lick off of white. It, it really is. I, I think that that's more sort of my issue, which to, an certain, to a certain extent is my same issue with rose gold, that it's just a bit, eh. Yeah, I think it's kind of cute. The... Spirit jersey is very pretty. It's the Arendelle aqua color, but it has like silver thread woven into it. So the whole jersey is very sparkly. And then it just has the standard Disneyland Paris or Disney World or Disneyland logo um, in silver glitter on it. So it, it is very nice. I will grant you. Yeah. Spirit jerseys in the States, I think are $65 and in Paris are $60, not $60, so 60 euro. And then if you have any annual pass discounts, but yeah, I probably won't get it purely because as I said, I would dirty it within a second because I'm a very messy person which is why I refuse to let myself wear my Donald Duck spirit jersey until we go to DLP because I will spill something on it and wreck it. It is an incredibly nice spirit jersey so I don't blame you for having that attitude it is very very cute. Thanks. So that was everything from that. The only kind of parks news really that we got from the American parks was that we got to see the ride vehicle for the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride which is coming to Epcot and it looks pretty sweet. Do you guys look it up? Yes. It is called, I can't, I can never remember what the actual ride is called, but I've pulled it up here. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Like, so is, is this the first thing you've seen of it? Like, was there a name revealed beforehand? And I assume it had, but I don't think I'd paid any attention to it. Okay. So is there, there's no idea of what it actually is or what's going to ha- take place on the ride? It is a, it is a roller coaster. Careful of it. Um, so it is definitely a roller coaster and the ride building for it is absolutely bloody massive. Okay. It is huge. But other than that, we don't really know a whole lot about it. Okay. Actually, I'm not even sure when it's getting, when it's going to open. I think it's either late 2020 or maybe 2021. It's definitely open by the 50th. Walt Disney World turns 50 
in 2021, like later in 2021, okay. I think. So what I will say, the vehicles look quite cool. They do. I do like them. I like the colors of them as well. No, I really like the design of them. They look really. They're cool. also kind of interesting because with most kind of coasters and stuff, you have like the harnesses that go over your head and kind of yeah. keep your shoulders in. But this one is like a lap harness. It kind of reminds me of if anyone that's listening has ever done Escape from Gringotts in Universal Studios Orlando. Um, it's kind of similar to that as in it's mainly like your legs that'll be kind of like pegged in shall we say the only thing I would say about that is those kind of rides have a tendency not to be the most friendly when it comes to larger people because they're because they have to click to a certain point like your legs have to be down a certain point for it to be safe Um, so that would be my only kind of concern with that because a lot of times once your kind of shoulders can't move anywhere you generally can't move on a coaster but when it's just the kind of tight lap ones that it looks like a be totally wrong they generally can be a little less plus size friendly shall we say so i'm intrigued to see that because generally disney are very good that most people can fit on pretty much every ride it's usually universal that are a bit less accommodating yeah probably the best way to put in so yeah that would be the only thing that i was a little bit like hmm, interesting but well, that's everything from that and then the last thing that we have is we finally got some pictures of the vans and nightmare for christmas collection mm. now i've known about this for quite a while um I used to work in vans. One of my best friends still works in vans. So I did know that this was coming because she obviously had to pre-warn. But we've had a couple of pictures released. I think it was Hype Beast released them. So from what we know so far, there is a purple skate high that has Sally and Zero and it has the sad little band that perform outside Jack's house. And I can't fully read what it says on the inside, but it definitely says Bone Daddy. And I don't know. Um, and then we also have a slip-on, which looks like jack skellington that i am so obsessed with it has a big 3d bat bow on it and i cannot bloody wait it does look particularly great they're the shoes i'm getting 100 there is an old school that has lock shock and barrel it's one side it's red and on the other side it no sorry one side it's green with lock shock and barrel and the other side is red and it looks like they're falling down into oogie boogie's little cave thing i'm quite fond of those ones you do like an old school i do they're very nice yeah, I might get those. Okay, okay. And then we also have an authentic. They have a tendency to do these when they do the Disney collections where they kind of have a shoe that is just a bit of here, there and everywhere. So it's just a black and white kind of sketch design that has pretty much every single character on it. And I like so much so that they have the little Easter bunny on the inside from when Lock, Shock and Barrel stole them. I also really like this. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it, Nathan? Have any of them Those, tickled your fancy? The Yeah, the authentics are the ones that I like the most. Okay. I think, I don't know, I've, I've kind of grown out of my um, color, colory, bright colored vans phase. Okay. Um, maybe five years ago, Nathan would have worn the green and purple and red ones, the ones with lock, shock and barrel. Okay. Um, yeah, as soon as I saw the, the slip-ons, I think I knew that was, that's, that's a Sinead shoe. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'm not, too crazy on the skate highs. I don't like them because they have Sally on them and I don't really oh, yeah. Sally. Also, I just don't wear skate highs. Yeah. Uh, through working in Vans, I've owned every style of shoe that Vans do and skate highs are just, they're just not my favorite. In like fairness, the only ones that I ever really wear are slip-ons. Yeah. Because um, I'm lazy like that. <laughs> um, but, although I feel like everybody has a pair, a particular style of Vans that's yeah. just their favorite. I don't dislike the skate highs. For some, the skate highs feel to me like a very Kiva shoe. Skate high is a Kiva shoe, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But even like the purple and stuff. Yeah, Kiva's fond of purple. <laughs> we don't have an exact release date for this. Mm. Um, and as soon as I have a release date that I'm allowed to say... <laughs> 
I will tell people. I have seen a couple pieces of the apparel. They look nice. Very intrigued to see the rest of it. None of it so far is stuff that I would probably buy, but I'm hoping that one of the designs comes in a different style. I'm not really allowed to talk about it because I'm not supposed to have seen it, but still. But yeah, looks. it's looking like it'll be just before Halloween. And all of that is allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. I mean, from a marketing perspective, it would make sense. It's a logical conclusion to come mm. to that this would come out just before Halloween. Absolutely. So that's pure conjecture on your point. Although there are a lot of people that like firmly like would fight to the death that the night before Christmas is a Christmas movie. It's not. It slightly is, but it's not. Uh, see, I, I take the Disneyland approach to it. Disneyland, for context, Disneyland in California take their Haunted Mansion and from the start of their Halloween season, which was last week, up until I think January, so right the way through Christmas, it's tur- it gets turned into Haunted Mansion Holiday, which is a Nightmare for Christmas overlay. And it kind of, throughout the ride, tells the whole story of the Nightmare for Christmas. Okay. So I always kind of maintain that Nightmare for Christmas is quite happily both. And it can kind of cover that whole massive season between September and January. It's a solid third of the year. Yeah, so. I won't disagree with that logic. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And yeah, that's pretty much everything for the news. So as I mentioned at the start of the episode, we thought it'd be interesting to kind of quiz Nathan on how he thinks Disney on Paris is going to be. And then we will reconvene after and see what he thought then. So Nathan. Yes. What is your history with Disney? Well, I don't know. Okay. Um, his, uh, history has always been in my life. Uh, Disney has always been in my life, obviously, from a very young age. And I f- I'm fairly certain the first film I saw in the cinema ever was a Disney film. Oh, was it Pocahontas? It very well might have been. Because that was um, both of ours as well. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Explains why we're such good lovers, my friend. Yeah, I feel like it, it, it very well could have been Pocahontas. Um, but in much similar to what there is here in whatever branch or company of cinema in the UK was in my hometown and they did the kids club every like Saturday morning or something like that and it was always a Disney film obviously around then there weren't really DreamWorks weren't really weren't a thing I don't believe so they weren't making anything not really when we were kids and Warner Brothers Animation had kind of it they occasionally put something out but it wouldn't get a wide release over here really yeah so yeah Disney has always kind of been very much in my life. I remember when I was quite young, I always had Toy Story bedsheets. I always wanted the ones that Andy had from the film and I could never get them. Oh. I don't know if they ever made them. I think I might have just, you know, wanted to dream them into existence. What were Andy's bedsheets? Initially, there, during the Randy Newman song, that one. Um, Yes. In the middle of that, they go from, I think it's literally just kind of the clouds. It's kind of a Western scene. Yeah. And there's like lassos and stuff. Exactly. Oh, that. yes, I know what you're talking about. And then it switches to the Buzz Lightyear Infinity and Beyond one, like the box. They're the ones I wanted. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I don't think I ever got them, but I definitely had some form of Toy Story bedsheets. And right now, as a 27 year old man who is in a long term relationship, we now have Toy Story bedsheets as well. So I've come full circle, really. We've got the little aliens from Toy Story on there. Oh, it's great. It's, it's a good time. I was going to say, I was like, I've definitely fallen asleep on your couch before. Yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story bedsheets. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I can't really think of kind of my history with Disney. It's just always been there and been something that, yeah, it's just always been part of my life i guess okay i i mean i think that's kind of standard for a lot of people our age because disney was king when we were kids yeah so i think that's fair with now you've never been to a disney park never no were you because i know i never went to disney when i was a kid yeah however there was always this one guy that my dad worked with that did go to disney quite regularly right and do you remember back in the day 
um, when people were going to Disney, they'd send away for like the video. Yeah. Did you ever end up with one of those? Because we no. always had them. No, it was never. Like, it was fucking torture. <laughs> so my parents would never bring me to Disney, but they'd always show me the video. Yeah. Like, this is how fun it could be. <laughs> and I think that's why I have such an affinity to the teacups, because in every single one of those videos and ads, there's always a family sitting in the teacups having the best time ever. <laughs> but what about other amusement parks, theme parks? Have you been to many? I am a fan. Obviously, here in Ireland, we have Fantasia, I think, every year, pretty much. I've been to Fantasia once, and that's not really a theme park. Yeah. That's more of a pop-up rides thing. Do you mean Funderland? Funderland. What's Fantasia? Oh, completely. Yeah, (laughs) Funderland. Fantasia's the water park. (laughs) That's the one. Oh. Yeah. Um, But Funderland, yeah, is the one I'm thinking of. I've been to that once, I think, but that doesn't... I wouldn't really count that personally. No, I don't either. Aside from that, obviously in the UK, I mean, when I was younger, I would have gone, I would have had more of an opportunity to go to theme parks. Yeah. Obviously Legoland is there. I never got to go to Legoland and I still really want to go to Legoland. I'm completely with you on this. I really desperately wanted to go to Legoland as a kid and at 30 years old, that desire has not gone away. No. I'll go to Legoland. We should. Can we get Disneyland out of the way first? One trip at a time, sweetie. (laughs) We can take the naughty car. What are you talking about? We've got like five trips planned oh we could actually all fit into no we couldn't all fit into the thing nathan could i'll put the roof rack on be grand you, nathan you've seen the beverly hillbillies ent- intro right yep all right so we'll put a rocking chair on the top of grand <laughs> yeah that's yep yeah, cool <laughs> aside from wanting to go to legoland and never being to meet being to legoland there's obviously places like thorpe park in the uk Never got a chance to go there either. Okay. One that I, the one theme park I went to multiple times as a child, it's unfortunately closed now and it was originally opened in 1987 and closed in 2007. It's called American Adventures. Okay. Now, as everything in the UK is, it was built on an abandoned coal mine. Oh, very good. The UK is basically built on top of dead coal mines. (laughs) So yeah, this was an abandoned coal mine and there was a quarry really nearby, nearby. Some guy bought the land and tried to open a theme park. Okay. He was arrested and imprisoned for fraud. The land was obviously seized and the Derbyshire County Council bought it. Okay. Now, interesting tidbit from this is they then sold it to Granada. Okay. As in ITV Granada, who did Gladiator. Gladiator, should I say. Lovely. And Coronation Street. And Coronation Street. Yeah, that kind of multimedia company. From there, they made American Adventures, which started out as a Native Americans versus Americans, I guess, theme park. When I actually went there, they'd moved on from that because, you know... It's racist. A bit culturally insensitive. Overtones. (laughs) When I went, it was kind of like an old Western style thing. And there was guys in like dirty vests and stuff who were panning for gold. And you could go to this thing and pan for gold with this old crazy guy. When I was there, it had the UK's largest log flume, which I guess is a badge of honor as well. I absolutely loved it. And I wanted to go back every single year and I never could. I think we went maybe every two years or something like that. Okay. But it was only like a short drive away as well, which was which made it really handy. So that is kind of my history with theme parks. It's a weirdly in the middle of Derbyshire, old West American themed park. Okay. Yeah. With regards to theme parks and stuff like that, how are you with going on like roller coasters and stuff like that? Yep. Okay, so I mentioned the log flume there. I love log flumes. And I, I don't know where the line stops when it comes to a roller coaster. Are you like Prefty and as long as it's in water, it's fine? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. So I, I would have been on some form of roller coaster in American Adventures. Okay. But I don't remember it. The last time I remember it being on something that was vaguely roller coaster was, I think it's called the Wild Mouse. And they used oh, to have it yeah. down the bracey front. <laughs> the spinning coaster. Yeah. That was terrifying because when you yeah. got to the corner, there was no, you couldn't see 
the track anymore yeah. because the car was spinning and okay. all that sort of stuff. That always seemed just safe enough, but also just unsafe enough to get my thrill, but also feel fine. Yeah. So as it goes with roller coasters, I don't quite know. And I've definitely built it up in my head. Okay. Yeah. Bear in mind... When I'm in Disneyland, I'm throwing myself into it. Okay. 100%. Um, I have asked Kiva to, I've basically asked Kiva if I say that I don't want to go on it or I'm feeling trepidatious to make me go on it because I would regret if I don't. Okay. So yes, I'm terrified of roller coasters, but I'm going to try them. <laughs> Can I give you one piece of advice? I don't know if I want to take advice on roller coasters from you. That's fair. <laughs> but it's specifically around the Disney parks. Okay. Um, don't do what I did and go on Space Mountain first. See, I'm going to get in here, and I actually think he should go on Space Mountain first. Really? Star Wars. Yes, but do you remember the 20 minutes in which I sat down? Yes, but sweetie, you are not quite as big a Star Wars fan as Nathan is. That is a fair point. I was going to suggest start with the teacups and see how you get on. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone should just start with the teacups anyway, I think. And go on the Slinky Dog ride. Definitely doing that. That's great. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't really... I presume this trip is going to be planned out by... See people, <laughs> not <laughs> naming names, but um, um, and that's fair. But generally, the way me and Kate do the parks, yes, and it's honestly kind of what we suggest to everybody mm. is start your day with a list of things that you would like to get done that day. Not necessarily in any particular order or at particular times or anything like that, because that's not really how Disneyland Paris works. If you were going to Florida, yes, you need to do that because your fast passes get planned out six six D days in advance, okay. and your food gets booked six months in advance. So that's a different beast. Right. But with Disneyland Paris, and we did this when we went and it worked perfectly fine. It was kind of like this day, I would like to meet this character and I'd like to go on this ride and I would like to, and kind of do it that way because it gives you kind of a vague checklist, I suppose. Yeah. That you can go through and tick stuff off. One thing that I know we're doing at a certain time is we're going to go on Big Thunder on the Tuesday morning. Yep. That's the thing we're doing. And we're all going to go on Big Thunder on Tuesday morning. Would you like to tell the lovely people why we're all going on Big Thunder Mountain on Tuesday morning? Well, you have previously told the lovely listeners of Mickey Waffles um, about your story with, um, and your encounter, shall we say, with the Matterhorn bobsleds. And Breffney did go on Space Mountain as your first roller coaster. Yes. Type dealio. Yes. And that was not necessarily the best idea for you. And that was fine. But... I think that you will like Big Thunder and I kind of figured the best time to do it would be first thing in the morning, get it out of the way. And if it's something that you don't enjoy, that's fine because we're planning to do a character breakfast that morning so that we can, there is a designated at least an hour that you just need to sit. I'm really good at that. Yeah, you, you can eat and I you can, can have a grand some, old sit and eat some delicious scrambled egg. That's very true. I can do that. But if you do really like it, which I think that you will, it's early enough in the holiday that you can do it multiple times if you want to. And I think that's fair. And ultimately, I do think that I probably will like it. I won't enjoy it while I'm going through it the first time. Would it be my general prediction? Yeah. And I think that's understandable. Yeah. However, as soon as I actually get through it, I reckon I probably will like it because mentally, all it is is knowing where all of the walls and potential things to crack my head open are and getting more familiarity with that. And then once I know kind of how much distance there is, and I know there's loads because if there wasn't, then the ride wouldn't exist. Yeah. But I just kind of need to get that over with. My only condition the first time is that I sit on the left. At the front. At the front. That is my only condition. And why at the front? Because you have that lovely little canopy for the train in front of you. Yes. Generally, this is not necessarily the case for Space Mountain, and I'll come back to that. Generally, with coasters, if you're a little apprehensive about it, sit as close to the front as possible because physics. The front of the train has to be 
as controlled as possible so the thing doesn't just fly off the track so the front of it is generally a bit slower a bit more controlled and the back is where you get whipped around so that's why the plan is to sit the front space mountain is a little different because it's a launch coaster so if you're sitting at the front you're the first person to get launched and me and kate did that last time and it kind of just whacks you in the face so (laughs) there is just that to bear in mind with space but i because you don't have any traumatic experiences shall we say um (laughs) i actually think that doing space first might not be a bad idea for you okay purely because it's star wars yeah and i I, think that will get you through it that that is fairly sound logic and if i wasn't terrified i would probably have thought it was really cool looking (laughs) if you opened your eyes if i well in fairness if you look at the photos my eyes were very open oh they were yes i totally (laughs) forgot about that but yeah are there any other types of rides that you're that i'm worried about yeah not even worried about that you're like intrigued about shall we say what i am really intrigued about is ratatouille i'm really intrigued by that because as far as i'm aware it's like a whole 3d thing yes and it's trackless yeah like robot cars right yeah yeah like roombas it's great yeah it's so good and we'll fill a whole rat yeah i'm so excited (laughs) when i think of a theme park that's not my mind doesn't go 3d no track you know i don't it's i think that's why i'm more intrigued by it okay and i suppose that's kind of so we have notes written down and that's kind of why i've said theme slash amusement park Mm. and that's kind of where the slight kind of different comes difference comes in so the likes of your six flags and your thor park and stuff like that they would more so be amusement parks because it is just your big thrill rides and stuff like that but the main reason why the likes of disney and universal and stuff are generally called theme parks is because it is more so about that overall theming which sounds a bit daft and wanky but until you're actually there and you kind of notice that you say for instance go into frontierland and frontierland is like an old western it's Mm. thunder mesa and then as you kind of go into a different area and then all of a sudden everything looks entirely different the music has completely changed and you're just like oh i'm just somewhere completely different now and that's kind of where i suppose the slight difference is between theme park and amusement park yeah but and that is like the likes of ratatouille and stuff that is the kind of as much as everybody enjoys the likes of space mountain and big thunder and stuff like that disney dark rides is kind of what makes it and honestly they're some of my favorite like my two favorite rides are phantom manor and Pirates of the Caribbean and they're just you you can't get more quintessential Disney than the two of them and it's those kind of like little dark rides that tell you a story and stuff which are kind of the heart and soul of Disney Mm. shall we say yes so what are you most excited for hyperspace yeah definitely also again Ratatouille the ride i'm actually quite excited for bigger thunder as well i think that's probably because of the kind of westerny ish feel okay the prospecting kind of thing yeah the amount of times i'm going to laugh at mickey but yes it it takes some getting used to yeah yeah as someone who worked for disney for four years Mm. and has been a disney fan continuously since yeah there's still time times where it then catches me off guard t-shirt slogans are a particular source of hilarity yeah like ones that say i like my food mickey shaped Mm. i love mickey yeah mickey is my best friend are they designs as well or are you just is that a blanket statement these are all (laughs) ones that i've seen (laughs) and yes (laughs) yeah so that is going to be that's going to be fun for me okay are there any non-ride things that you're very excited for i can't quite remember the name of it the dragon yeah that underneath the castle or wherever it is um i'm just kind of i really want to see that it's real impressive yeah I just feel like it's going to be really cool to just stand there and look at. She's bloody massive. What's your feeling on the parade? Parades, because we're going to Halloween there too. Yeah, I don't know. Generally, do you, en- do you enjoy a parade? Not particularly. No, okay. I don't really. My feet get sore, and standing around isn't. You know, it's just. 
I don't know. But if there's something actual, actually, you know, I, I, I wouldn't go to the Paddy's Day Parade in town. Okay. For example. But I, if it's something entirely different that I've never seen before, okay. and it isn't necessarily ingrained in my culture or the culture of the country I'm in, I don't think, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I'll be more intrigued to see it. Okay. I did accidentally fall down a YouTube hole and there were like 40 minute videos of parades like i wasn't paying attention the whole time yeah but what i did see i was kind of like oh that's actually that's really cool i like that so yeah yeah, i think i'll probably will enjoy yeah okay what were your thoughts on the parades before we went i'm quite like nathan in the sense that parades don't usually do all that much for me um i'm with you on the paddy's day parade i think i've been maybe twice um it's just not something that's hugely intriguing for me for the disney ones however it's a bit of a different thing because you kind of get a little bit swept up i think that there's a fair bit of waiting around if you want to get a good spot to watch it and that's the most difficult slash worst part of it yeah. is just literally standing around and waiting occasionally you might get some of the um some of the cast members making it a pretty fun time as you'll hopefully see yeah but nonetheless it can be a little bit on the frustrating side but once you're watching it and once it's going you get sucked completely into it yeah um, I, I, you just said about, you know, wanting to get a good spot to be able to see everything. Being the height of a six-year-old child, um, how long am I going to have to wait to be able to see anything at all? Generally. So Disney do a thing on a Tuesday called Guest Star Tuesday. Right. And You know what that means. <laughs> Excellent. And usually Tuesday is when people are more inclined to kind of really stake out their places. Okay. So the parade usually starts at about half five. Right. The main parade. There mm. are cavalcades because it's Halloween. So there are like little Halloween parades yeah. in between the daytime. But for the main parade, so the main parade usually starts at half five. Guest Star Tuesday usually starts at five. Me and Kate have been known to go get some snacks and find somewhere on Main Street and just sit and stake out a good place. Yeah. And in fairness, Main Street is not the worst place. Now, some people for quite a while refuse to sit on the floor. Um, and there is a lip in the curb, so it's not like you're just sitting mm. sitting out flat. So you can kind of do that and just take a seat, have okay. some chill time, get a snack. Okay. So yeah, usually about an hour on a Tuesday, a bit longer. But I see I don't begrudge waiting for the parade because you stand there, you wait, it's all dandy. It's the fireworks that I have an issue standing for. Right. So that was gonna be my next thing that I'm excited for. Okay. Why? <laughs> How to say this? <laughs> People are assholes during the fireworks. Right. Yeah. No way around that. They're, and it's, I don't, I didn't experience it half as much when I was in the States. It is very much a Disneyland Paris thing. Okay. Where you have a lot of parents who will just squeeze in anywhere and stick their 17 children on top of them. Right. And it's real frustrating. Or you'll get people that there's different spots throughout the kind of hub area in front of the castle. And it's kind of socially agreed, shall we say, that if you sit within these areas, you sit down and you watch the fireworks. Right. You don't stand up. So nobody's kind of in anybody's way because you're close enough that you could be sitting anywhere within that general area and you'll have a good view. Yeah. But you will always get that one person that will try and stand up, will get heckled down by everybody else. And then they'll kind of just hunker and teeter and move and all this kind of stuff. And rather than just, you know, sit down and be vaguely comfortable, they will just fanny about and just be in your way the whole time. So the fireworks can be frustrating, Okay, but they are fantastic. Um, If the heckle is part of the entire experience, I love a good heckle. So I'll gladly heckle some, (laughs) I'll gladly heckle a Karen. I am expecting some good Karen heckling from you. Yeah. Yeah. Good. What do you think? Well, I feel like we should answer this first. So I'm going to ask you what your favorite thing, what you think your favorite thing will be. 
be. Right. But I feel like me and Brefney should answer this first. Or actually, no. Write it down your phone and I'll write it down on my phone and we won't talk about it and then we'll find out his. Okay. We both send it to Nathan independently, <coughs> but you're not allowed to look until after. Okay. D- turn your phone. Okay. What do you anticipate will be your favorite thing? I think months ago, if I was asked this question, it would have been anything Star Wars, but narrowed down, it would be Hyperspace Mountain. Okay. Why? Because it's Star Wars. <laughs> And I think it's probably going to be the one thing that it's going to make me realize that I like roller coasters. If, okay. if you know what I mean, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it more because of the adrenaline and that it's Star Wars, yeah, you know? Fair. So yeah, months ago, I think that would have, I would have said that's my favorite thing. What I do you think is going to be my favorite will be the fireworks. Okay. All right. Okay. I do genuinely believe that I may cry. That's fine. Um, because We've I, all been there. Yeah, I do think it's going to be, it's just going to hit me. The first time I saw Illuminations and particularly the Star Wars bit during Illuminations, I cried. Yeah, they're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to cry. There will be moments in last year when the fire, the first night of the fireworks, there were just moments when I literally just said, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago I said that and okay. I think I'm still sticking to that and I, I don't know, I think it's going to be a case of... Jesus, this costs a lot of money for a fireworks show. (laughs) And I'm going to want to see this again in real life and in person, which means I'm going to have to come back and spend the same money or more. I mean, it's, you could see the fireworks three times when we're there. Could do. Probably won't subject everybody to that. That's fine. Well, if I see it once, I'll be happy. And I do really believe it will be my favorite thing. Okay, cool. What do you think Nathan's favorite thing will be? Here's the thing. I didn't have fireworks in the top three, but I did have a mental top three. Did you send him a top three? No, I sent him one. Oh, okay. The mental top three in reverse order. Right. Hyperspace Mountain. Okay. I think you really will love it. Second thing was Star Tours. Okay. The number one thing, meeting Darth Vader. Oh, the Star Wars. Yeah, there's a distinct theme there, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What makes you think that? Because it's very different to every other character meeting that you'll do. And I'm hesitant to say any more than that at this point. However, it's particularly special and it feels as i said very different to every other character interaction the setup of it is very different you have to go to a very specific place that is very much hidden away in order to get to it and the general atmosphere around it is very unique especially in a disney environment okay and i think that leading up to it you'll be probably a bit until you actually get inside the place where it happened yeah and then I think there's a distinct possibility you might lose your shit. Okay. I think he'll scare the bejesus out of you. Okay. <laughs> Just being perfectly honest. I didn't want to say that. It's super intimidating. <laughs> and it shouldn't be. It really, really shouldn't be. Yeah. But it is. And we're going to send him in by himself. Yep. Cool. <laughs> what I think will be your favorite thing is Star Tours. I Star Tours has been one of my favorite rides since the first time I went to Disney. I went on Star Tours. I wasn't a massive Star Wars fan then. Um and I just left and I was like this is the most amazing thing and I insisted on going on it in California and I insisted on going on it multiple times in Disney World and I cannot go to DLP without going on it. I think everything from the details within the queue and the animatronics that are in the queue and even the little kind of queue and area in by where the there's that little droid that's certain searching through everybody's suitcases and stuff like that. And the oh, stupid little great. things that he comes out with. And then there's a screen where there's like the shadows of characters from all of the movies going past. And you can kind of point out, oh, there's R2-D2. Oh, there's 
Jar Jar Binks and all this kind of stuff Um, and just kind of seeing those characters go back and forth but then even just the ride itself like you never see somebody come off Star Wars without a massive smile on their face ever it just does not happen and it's just really really freaking fun and until you've experienced it it's hard to kind of you're like oh yeah it's a Star Wars simulator ride but until you're on it it's oh it's so much fun Okay. So, and you can go on it multiple times and potentially, not always, but potentially get different things. You can get different characters within it. So like I've had Princess Leia pop up in it. I've had Darth Vader pop up in it. I've had Boba Fett. You can get tons of different characters to pop up in it. The big thing is going to be we need to try get it in English at least once. Okay. So we're just going to pop that little R2-D2 hat on your head. We're going to be like, first time, <laughs> English. <laughs> we need English. <laughs> So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll revisit it and we'll see. I like that everything though had a Star Wars element yeah, to it. Yeah. On brand. Is there anything that you are apprehensive about? Yes. Okay. Hyperspace Mountain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> laughing at Mickey's. Uh, and to be extremely serious with it, food choices. Yeah. Yeah. I I am a little troubled boy. Um, <laughs> just in general. Not just in general, yeah. We knew that, but tell us about your dietary problems. <laughs> I'm a celiac, so therefore I am extremely difficult to feed. Now, obviously, you, Sinead, have done some... I've tried. You've you've tried to do some research, <laughs> really and you tried. really have tried. <laughs> and I really, really do appreciate that. Because, to be completely honest, I I hate being the one that causes a fuss about this, and I'm, I'd rather not eat than go and search for stuff and research where I have to eat and certain anywhere I go. So I do really genuinely appreciate that, you've, that you did do that. I am still kind of worried... Yeah. I'm I'm kind of worried that I might have to bring more food with me than clothes. It should be fine, but that yeah. is definitely the thing I'm most apprehensive about. I get hangry and I don't want to be hangry in Disneyland. That's fair. <laughs> Obviously, like there's certain, you, you found out yourself that there are certain things that I'm probably okay with. And I think you said something about like the ready meal things. Yeah. So I have gone, I've asked Reddit, I've asked Facebook groups, I've asked on TripAdvisor, I've asked like everywhere I could possibly ask. And I keep getting the same kind of answer where Disneyland Paris have these, they're basically like microwave ready meals and they are free of the top, however many allergens that are quite common with people. And from what we've heard from most people, it's kind of just tasteless gloop yeah Um, and it's like a set meal and you get given like it's not like you can just get one thing from it. i think it is like a set you get some form of a like small starter thing an actual main course and you get a dessert with it as well right but i think it's the same thing everywhere now i think the only issue will be like lunch stuff because like breakfast chances are with the exception of the character breakfast, but I think you'll be fine for the character breakfast because there are just like eggs and yeah. bacon and stuff like that. But like with breakfast and stuff, I'm planning on just bringing a lot of like cereal bars and stuff like that and then just picking up a coffee in Starbucks on the way. Oh, if there's coffee, I'm sorted. <laughs> I'm fine. There's lots of coffee around. Yeah. yeah. And then out in the Disney Village, Planet Hollywood actually has quite a like, they have a full gluten-free menu. Excellent. Which is quite good. So I have a feeling we'll probably eat there at least once <laughs> if Probably not probably twice. And then there's also Vapiano, which is an Italian restaurant. Um, from what I could tell, a lot of their restaurants do have gluten-free pasta. I could not find out definitively as to whether this one does. However, they do also do risottos. Right. That's which has, fine. Which has no gluten. Yeah. And the food in Vapiano is really, really nice. And you can get it kind of made to, like everything's done to order. Right. So like for a lot of the pastas and stuff, like you go up and you 
order at the counter and they make it there and then in front of you. So I don't think it would be an issue to just say, can I have this thing? Also, I'm celiac. Might not be a bad thing to like, you know how you have that little laminator in work? Maybe just get a little laminated piece of card that has a French word for celiac <laughs> on it and gluten free underneath yeah, it as well, yeah. just to be on the safe side. Yeah. It's frustrating because even just like being vegetarian, it's real difficult to get decent food in DLP. Yeah. However, I can at least rely on that one mushy potato burger that everyone has. It's not great, but it is still food. But the thing that we're kind of coming up against is that nobody can actually tell me whether, say for instance, the chips would be okay for you to eat. Yeah. Nowhere can tell me that. And unfortunately, a lot of places have like battered onion rings and stuff like that. And I can only assume it's probably all fried and the mm-hmm. same stuff. So lunch is the only thing that I'm a little concerned about because I like Disneyland Paris is very much chicken nuggets and chips and burgers and chips. And that's kind of about it, really, yeah. unfortunately. So there are a good few places that do like ribs and stuff. So it might just be a case where we'll just have to get you a right load of ribs. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine with me. Yeah, look, it, it's it's not something I won't be able to to deal with yeah yeah it's just it is a little frustrating yes we will try and make as many accommodations as we possibly can but not make you feel like we're making accommodations because <laughs> i can already see on your facial expression you're like no I, I i really do hate talking about this we'll because... be subtle about it <laughs> we'll just go no i kind of fancy going back to planet hollywood again <laughs> well, I, I distinctly remember that we there was like a big group of us going out for dinner and it was just me and you sitting beside each other and we leaned over each other can you eat anything no can you no and then making oh, an shit. entire group of like 20 people move restaurant yeah well we did do that but in fairness they were dicks in they, the were, they were that's they were true so rude. Yeah. they really were I hey they've no since problem. shut down right so fuck those guys down. So that's totally fine. I had no problem leaving after that. Yeah. And lastly, have you done much research? Absolutely not. Okay. No, I'm not somebody who researches very much for trips or anything like that. As I mentioned, I don't do research for food really. And I don't. You only don't do it because you have me to do it for you. Exactly. I think that's kind of the same with me and Kiva as well, to be honest with you. Because Kiva loves planning. So especially trips. So I'm absolutely more than fine with Kiva just telling me what's going to happen. It sounds oddly familiar. Yeah. But at the same time, I I should do my own research. As I said, I've like, you know, fell in, accidentally fell into a YouTube hole of some like parade videos and stuff like okay. that. But more often than not, when I've seen any of those videos, it's because I've walked into the room and Kiva's got another one on. Oh, and okay. uh, she's just trying to, she's getting herself excited and she's very, very, very excited. But it's also like trying to figure out what some of the rides are like and stuff like that. Obviously, I've got Mickey Waffles to listen to as well, which is, you know, it's fairly comprehensive in what you guys talk about. And don't get me wrong, I don't understand everything, but I'm hoping to learn. <laughs> you will. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to, you know, gain that knowledge and now understand things. But yeah, like, look, you've done a ton of research on my behalf. Um, <laughs> I try. Kiva's done a whole bunch of research for both of us. So no, I haven't, but I've okay. kind of, like SpongeBob, I filter feed some stuff and, you know, okay. I, I, I gain some knowledge from somewhere, some part of the universe. Okay. Yeah. Is it that you kind of prefer to just see what things are like when you get there like you'd rather be surprised or is it just you're just not a planning person it's only with certain things but things like trips and things that i plan to enjoy if i overthink it too much i'm not going to enjoy it oh, okay if it's it, because it, it leans towards becoming too much of a plan if you know what i mean okay i would prefer to get lost than ask for directions and that's not a stubbornness thing that's rather just like figuring it out on my own and trying to this is sounding like a therapy session uh, <laughs> no i yeah gen, when it comes to doing trips and holidays and stuff like that i would rather just go and okay. just do it. It's not always part of the experience in air quotes, but it does become that. 
Okay. I would, but also in terms of like any of the rides or the experiences that I will have there, I would much rather not watch video footage of it. Makes sense. And just be there at the at, at the time. Now it's not yeah. going to be the same if I watch a video, of course not, because I'm not there. Yeah. But I would much rather just go, let it happen. Yeah. And see what comes of it, basically. I think that's fair. You are kind of the same, to be honest. Yeah, mostly. I generally tend to prefer just being like, no, nah, in the moment, we'll let's see how we get on. Uh, the I've made a couple of exceptions for rides and things like that, just to you know, kind of get over my own daft little fear of these things. But for the most part, I just kind of like to let things happen. I do like our approach of having a rough idea of what we want to do that day and what we can always do is we can kind of gallop through things at the start of the day a lot of the time and then you suddenly have oh hey that was fun or let's go on pirates for the third time today uh you have those options yeah i do prefer just kind of letting letting things happen but if there's sort of a rough sort of hey that looks cool or where am i don't know and it did it, it did help a lot being with Sinead because i don't think i ever really had to look at the map at any point no but i do like the idea of just kind of getting lost and figuring out oh if i go this way where does this go yeah because eventually you're just going to figure out that oh hey no i kind of and then you get after it doesn't take very long to get kind of a good lay of the land yeah i'll be able to figure out roughly where everything is it does help the disneyland paris is a little bit smaller but it is just it's a lot of fun to get lost because it doesn't feel like where it actually is it feels completely separate from the rest of france basically <laughs> oh very much so it has a completely completely different vibe i'm curious what are you most excited to show, Nathan? Because is this you, your guys' like first trip together? It is. This is our first yeah. trip abroad, dear. Yeah. Oh, we'll remember this forever. Sunrise. As far as what I'm most excited to show you, that's really tough. I think it's possibly the Slinky Dog ride. Yeah, okay, that's In fair. In all fairness, I think it's the Slinky Dog ride. That's because fair. it looks like nothing, realistically, isn't that much. But that doesn't matter, because it's great. <laughs> Yeah, I think that might be one that you might have to abandon Kiva with me and go in with breath. Yeah, Spend okay. the entire time laughing. It's the great. Joy. The what, joy on his face. What about um, RC Racer? Because I, that's one we've spoken about already. We've spoken about that. I didn't do it last time, but I've worked out this weird sort of thing with roller coasters now or anything that's on a track. Whereas I'm fine as long as it doesn't really go side to side or back in time. Whereas <laughs> um, RC Racer just kind of goes up and down and up and down. Yeah. There's, there's very little capacity for you to fall off. Yes. Yeah, okay. So if there's the less capacity there is to fall off and the less capacity there is for me to whack my head off something again, I'm generally on board with it. Mm -hmm. So RC Racer, I am particularly looking forward to. Yes. I am not the biggest fan of RC Racer. I went on it on my first trip in 2013. I'm not a big lover of like, almost, it's not a drop ride because it is on a track. It does feel like a mm -hmm. drop ride. However, I would, I feel like now I would be more inclined to go on that than say Terror of Terror because Terror of Terror just has a piddly little seatbelt and RC Racer has a full harness. So I am willing to give RC Racer another go. Excellent. Yeah. What's your feelings on Terror of Terror? I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Two reasons. I think it's a really cool concept. Okay. And I'm really hoping that there's that one cast member there. Jordan. Jordan. Jordan followed me on Twitter this morning. It was great. Stop. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Jordan. Jordan's going to be great. And he, it, like if he, if he's there, he's going to make me feel so much calmer. He's also on Ratatouille now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, this is great. This person, I don't know. I do not follow on Instagram. <laughs> I do not follow on Twitter, but I just know from Kiva showing me, look what he did today. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> and then he just kept going and kept going. And now I'm like, yes. Yeah, th th that would make me, yeah, I, I do want to do Terror of Terror. Okay. Yeah. You? <laughs> uh, I'll go on it once. Yeah. But yeah, Terror of Terror is by no means my favorite but kate has ed to drag on the ride all this time so i don't have to go on multiple times this trip <laughs> <laughs> 
That'll be great. I'm curious, what is your kind of feelings towards meeting characters? I don't know. Okay. This is one thing I feel kind of, not apprehensive, but a little bit okay. weird about. It's the one thing that's maybe, the best way to describe it is possibly the cringier side for me. Okay. Um, And I... I don't know. It's, I, d- I don't know what it is. It's kind of the, I'd, I'd probably feel really weird about it. And okay. I don't know. You've, you've been to a Comic-Con, right? Yes. Yeah. You know the cosplayers that take it a little bit too far? It's not like that. It's nothing okay, like that. Right. I know exactly what right. you mean. And I've had that feeling before and it's just like, ew. No, it's not like it's that at all. It's nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> Initially, so like the initial approach is a bit odd, but then something else completely different takes over. Right. And it's very quickly in no way weird. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it a case of like childhood regression? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, okay, yes. okay. That's 100% right. what it is. I'm hoping that takes over very quickly because, yeah, I, I just generally, I, I think I'd, if if I was just me going into that situation, I'd yeah. feel quite awkward and kind of like, okay. mm, this is really weird. But yeah, I don't know. I think the only, the only exception to that would be Vader. Okay. And I know that for a fact. Okay. That's the only exception to where I wouldn't feel weird about it. I'd feel weird for an entirely different okay. reason by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I don't know. I, I will do it. It's not yeah. a case I don't want to do it. I do. But in my head now, that's that doing that is worse than hyperspace men. <laughs> and I, that is 100% serious. Okay. I feel like it's a very... I feel like I'm going to get quite accusatory in a second. I don't know. I feel like it's something that's for kids and not for... Okay. A 27 year old or a 52 year old in Breffney's case. <laughs> um, going to meet these characters. But I do, I still, I've, I have had that thing in my head of when you do it and you get there, it's going to be just completely different and you are going to feel just like a child. Absolutely. And I think what almost kind of makes it as well is that you see kids in the queue and kids having that interaction with the different characters and you just kind of get like, because like I don't particularly like children. I like my nieces. They're cute. I like Breffney's nieces and nephews. They're cute. I don't generally care for kids all that yeah. much, but there is kind of a certain bit of it's just freaking adorable. Yeah. And not, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to say this without breaking character integrity, shall we say, but it does feel like you're meeting that particular character. Yeah. Because you are. Yes. 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 It very much does. Do you think it's, it would be more so, so Disney have what they call face characters and they have what they call fur characters. So your fur characters would be like Mickey, Minnie, Donald, stuff like that. And then your face characters would be like the princesses, Mary Poppins, like human people. Yes. Yeah. And then you have Jack, who's kind of a weird hybrid between the two. Yeah. Because your fur characters don't speak. I've, yeah, I, yeah, okay. Do you think either or would kind of make you more apprehensive? The, the uh, what did you call them? The flesh characters? What are Face they called? Characters. Face characters, those oh, people. Oh, <laughs> when you've got fur characters, flesh is the, yeah, I think they would be weirder. Face characters. Yeah. And a lot of people do feel like that. I think it's a case of, so again, I have seen some videos of the fur character. that one's right, fur characters yes. is correct, okay. The furries, I've seen a couple of videos on those and like they're just freaking adorable because they they don't speak yeah. and they're all action and they're all really excited and it's all gestures. See, that's the thing. So I think if the um, face characters, I think if they have a bit more of a gimmick, let's say. We'll bring it back to wrestling. Yeah. If they have a bit more of a gimmick, for example. So yes. like Maleficent is obviously green. Yeah, but completely evil and oh, yeah. like. Unless it's. Angelina Jolie. Well, well, stop. You're going to upset yourself. <laughs> open this box. <laughs> if it's if it's not just a case of kind of like Belle, for example. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that sort of character where it's supposed to be very 
a very straight character who's just to say like just a princess if you know what I mean no I get you um whereas if it was like somebody like Merida that's something else entirely there's a bit more maybe maybe you know what it is maybe it's a case of more socially conscious characters and more inclusive characters that have had more inclusive tales and stories I guess okay something maybe about older Disney that I don't particularly look forward to meeting those characters I don't know what that is but obviously Maleficent is an older Disney character yeah the villains are always more interesting because they just have a bit more about them it's why generally I much prefer meeting Donald Duck, for example, yeah. than Mickey Mouse. Because Mickey Mouse is, and it's kind of the same with a lot of the classic princesses, he is the face of the brand. Yeah. Like he kind of has to act a certain way. And he Mickey and Minnie in particular can be a bit monotoned. Yeah. For lack of a better way of phrasing it. Mm. Now you will on occasion get Mickey and Minnie in different costumes that will kind of change that up a bit so when me and Kate were there last there was Mickey Mouse in his Phantom Manor outfit so he was acting all spooky and stuff and that was cute because there was a bit more to him yeah whereas Donald Duck is as you can attest especially at Halloween because last year and if they do the same thing this year he was dressed as Devil Donald so he was like attacking people with his pitchfork and all this kind of stuff and there's a bit more to him because he is just supposed to be this angry little shit yeah same with Goofy who's just supposed to be silly and hilarious and in fairness you probably won't have to worry about it a whole lot with princesses because meeting princesses in Disneyland Paris is an utter nightmare I've I've gone to Disneyland Paris so many times I've met one princess in all the times I've ever gone right so I don't think you'll have to worry about that cool. that much. But no, I agree. The villains the villains are just a bit more interesting in general anyways. Yeah. But, and a lot of times with characters, what you put into it is what you'll kind of get out of it. Yeah. So like, for instance, with Jack, you'll see a lot of people go up and just get their autograph book signed, get a picture, leave. Whereas if you can have a bit more of a chat or you can say reference certain things from their movie a bit more, you'll get something a bit more out of it. Because at the end of the day, no one knows that character's story better than that character. Yeah. So no, I know it's definitely a case of what whatever you put into it, you're going to get back you from have meeting it. Kate, and we bloody love meeting characters. Yeah. No. Grand. Yeah. I'll I'll use you both as a as a kind of guide. Um. Just a quick question about Jack, for example. Okay. Okay. Because I don't really know how what their frame of reference would be. Obviously, like they know their story. Yes. But if you ask them about Blink One Eighty Two, is I miss you? I don't think he'd know. No. Okay. That's a shame. Okay. I mean, I've never <laughs> asked, but I don't. I don't think he'd know. Like they can like. <laughs> For instance, when the first time we met Jack, he referenced that Mickey Mouse had asked him how to make Disneyland more spooktacular. Yeah. So like they know things within the Disney realm. Right. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But outside of that, generally not quite so much. All right. That's fine. I mean, you can try. It's worth a shot. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to ask? Uh, No. That covers it. Okay, cool. Well, I'll stop interrogating you now. Thank you. <laughs> but and thank you very much for joining. Thank you for having me. Anytime. And again, if you want to check out Breffney and Nathan, they have a Irish wrestling podcast called the Intercontinental Breakfast. It will be linked in the show notes. And I think that's everything. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up. So the next time we're going to talk to you, Nathan, outside of the magical world of wrestling, is going to be after the trip. Yes. And we have to get your thoughts on everything. Yes. And we can see who was right. Yes, we can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Most what, importantly. Why is it a competition? Because <laughs> it's always a competition. <laughs> but yeah, as we always say please check us out on instagram we're at mickey waffles pod we're always popping up polls and stuff so let us know where your disney countdown is that's our current obsession because we're on our disney countdown by the time this comes out we'll be just over a week away mm-hmm. which is bloody mental it's insane that completely crept up did it i've been telling everybody for months in my head it crept up <laughs> that's fair and yeah feel free to share this with any friends family your dog your gran 
anyone that likes Disney stuff. Any Disney specific Reddits, Reddit threads, anything exactly. like that, post it in there. That's always a good yeah. shout. Tell everyone about us. And yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Next week, we're going to cover off our vague trip plans, so much as in what me and Kate kind of want to see and do when we're there and the vague bits that we know from everybody else. And yeah, I think that's everything this week. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.